0: Welcome to The View Magazine's Rebel Justice Podcast, the only platform by and for women with lived experience of the justice system. This week marks the 20th anniversary of the International End the Death Penalty Day. I am delighted to introduce director Claire Parker and actress Edie Campbell to talk about Apples in Winter by Jennifer Fawcett a one-woman show premiering in London this week at the Playground Theatre in West London. This award-winning play gives a voice to the mother of a violent offender who is on death row and asks for his mother's apple pie as his request for his last meal. The subjects this ambitious and poignant play covers are difficult and topical, forgiveness, trauma, unconditional love, and how justice intersects women's lives. Delving into the emotions felt by the hidden victims of violent crime, Edie Campbell plays Miriam, the mother of a convicted killer who has been sentenced to death. The play focuses on the hidden victims, the families of those who are convicted, who are forgotten and neglected in the process of justice. In Apples in Winter, we glimpse a rare insight of their experiences and how they manage the seismic effects of having a loved one in prison convicted of a heinous crime. When confronted with the bleak reality and helplessness they face, families feel the shame and the stigma felt by those left behind outside the prison gates. A review by a prison volunteer declares this. This play has the potential to be a catalyst for change. So Claire and Edie, thank you so much for having this time to talk to us. If you could tell us a little bit about the background of the play and how you became involved with it. So maybe Claire, if we can start with you. Yes,
1: although my involvement began with Edie because Edie asked me if I would direct. So it was
2: Edie that found the play. So I'll let Edie, if that's okay. I was in Iowa City where the play had just been done, but I had missed it. And I was walking out of the library when a a friend was walking in and she said, I've just seen this play. And Lynchpin has to do it, and you have to play Miriam. So I was like, uh, whoa, okay, great, sounds amazing. So she then put me in touch with the author, Jennifer Fawcett, the playwright, uh, who sent me the script. I read it and thought, yes, this is an incredible piece of theatre. It's so beautifully, tightly written, it's very moving, it's very powerful. We have to find a way to do it. So we started with three public rehearsed readings in 2019, and then one in 2020 for an invited audience of people involved in criminal justice, because we knew if we wanted to do it, if we were going to do it, we wanted post-show discussions to give the audience the opportunity to respond to what they've seen, to share their stories held by people who work in this field. And then we were in negotiations with the Playground Theatre and then COVID hit. So everything went on a hiatus for almost two years. And now here we are, finally opening the play on Wednesday. And Jennifer Fawcett is coming over from New York to be here for the UK premiere and to do one of the post show discussions. And we're thrilled, excited. And I will say one thing about the post-show discussions: is from doing
1: those rehearsed readings that we realized at the end the audience couldn't move, mm. and that we couldn't just like turf them onto the street. So we, the first Q and A was a spontaneous one with, with with us. I said, "Well, let's just talk about this because people couldn't seem to get up from their seats, and um, and we realized that everybody had something to say or something to ask. That it mm-hmm. opens, it's a play that opens a discussion, which then is quite. Wide, so that's why we've got this whole um schedule
0: of, of speakers or participants. Amazing, Claire. Do you mind just talking us through a little bit about the story of the play for the listeners who don't know?
1: The story is of a mother, the a mother of a monster, and her son is on death row. You're really good at this, actually, but on her, her son is on death row and has been there for 22 years. So this is a violent crime that happened 22 years ago. So his last request is that his mother bake him an apple pie. So the mother has to come into the kitchen in the prison and bake him an apple pie. And it's during the actor actually baking the apple pie that she, then the story unfolds and and she explains about her life really. I suppose, and it we we begin to understand the journey that she's been on and what's happening, and it's pretty
2: powerful. She's trying to make sense of what happened twenty-two years ago, what happened to her lovely little boy and to her own life, and keeps trying to tell us the truth about what happened that night mm. and can't quite can't quite and then finally at the end she's able to just give us what happened and that is a very cathartic process for her to be able to speak the truth and to be heard and witnessed in doing so. I can imagine how powerful
0: it is for the audience because just by you describing it to me, I had a big sensation on my chest just by hearing it. Um, Claire, was it difficult for you or where were the challenges for you to direct this from a mother's perspective? And how do you feel, how the mother feels about her son? I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of difficulty there to to connect to all that.
1: Yes, but I think the nature of a mother's unconditional love for her children is complex. And I think what we see is a a mother who is pushed to the absolute limit to, to hold all of that together, to hold those cherished memories and also his violent act. So to hold all of that in one heart, I think that we're all often challenged as parents or just even as adults, but I think we're watching somebody who's pushed to the limit. So I didn't feel, it wasn't difficult. I think, well, we've said this, they're there but the grace of God go I. So it's, it's not even just in terms of being a mother, but just in how far we're pushed to love those people that we love when they do things that we can't control or that push us to the limits. So I don't think it was difficult. I think it was an exciting process of of really looking at that. And I think the writers already written for us an, an amazing piece, it's brilliantly crafted. So it starts there and then, there's the vision of that. And then there's exploring with the actor and it was an amazing process. And I think just getting to all those layers, those, the multi-layers of love and unconditional love and and the idea of justice and forgiveness and all of those issues, they just, it just was an amazing process, wasn't it? It Mm. just, um, it wasn't difficult. It was incredible. (laughs) Wow.
0: Thank you. Edie, as an actor, how did you relate to the role, this mother, in a very tragic situation? And how do you feel about the man who committed this
2: violent murder? Good questions. Um, I think I related to Miriam's heart. So I am not a mother myself. But I have nieces and nephews and other children in my life. And I suppose acting is in, is entering into someone else's life, whether or not you've actually had those experiences. So. The empathy that I feel for Miriam includes not judging her, loving her, in fact, falling in love with her as a human being, but also not wanting to have any judgment come across in my performance. So to not make it easy for the audience to go, oh, well, no wonder she's like that. No wonder he did that. No one, you know, and she's over there. I could never be in her shoes. We want her to be so close to us that, as -hmm. Claire said, there but for grace go I. In our heartbeat, life can change. Mm -hmm. And how do I feel about her son? I think my emotions about him are as complicated as Miriam's. So there's love, there's fear, there's incomprehension, there's denial, there's so many questions about why and how and what went wrong and what did I do? What did Miriam do? What's my fault? What's my responsibility? What isn't? How to untangle that is really hard. And those questions continue throughout the the play. She Mm. grapples to to understand what happened, but also to come to some kind of, not conclusion, but acceptance for herself. Yeah, I guess it's a lifetime
0: process, isn't it? There's a line in the play where she said, Miriam
1: says, twenty-two uh, years is a long time. Enough time for for everything to be real and become unreal and be real again." So, mm. and that's where we go in, in the in the journey in the play is is she gets to the the reality and then she flips back to the memories and she
2: it, it's it's, it's what could have happened. Sorry, mm. what? Yes. if only, if only, yeah. then we wouldn't be here. If that had, if I had, if he had. Over and over again. Yeah, yeah. You know.
0: Which is a form of insanity in a way. Mm. So. I can't imagine being in her shoes at all. So it's it's a very powerful story. And like to just see someone, like you were saying, you're not a mother, but I guess we can always relate to the sense of vulnerability, unpredictability, connection, and what you mentioned so many times—the love that you have, regardless of what uh, someone that is close to you have done. So. What do you feel like the message of the play is, and what would you like people to take away from it? So I think
1: what Lynchpin does and why this was a great fit for us, this play, is to it's to open a discussion. So it's it's less about the message than creating a space where we can look at something and reflect. And for us, it's often seldom heard voices. So this is a, the mother of a monster is not someone you often hear from. So to actually, first of all, let that voice be heard, and then to open that up. And as Edie said, we try to make her disarm um, the, the the character of Miriam so that there's the least judgment possible. Then you're then putting that into the lap of the audience, into their what do they they they're with their own judgment and their own sensitivities. So you're opening up a a safe space where you can look at a very difficult issue and reflect upon it. And I think that doing the discussions afterwards as well means that we'll have many different points of view. There's many different types of speakers, some with lived experience. Mm -hmm. So it's for us, it's asking that question and opening up that space. And that's what theatre does best in, in a safe way so that everybody can talk about it. I think... I don't know if I answered your question. If there's a message, it's to reflect and to find compassion. Mm. So the more we hear these voices that we don't often think about and we don't reflect on, if we can find compassion, then well, there's room for healing and there's room for discussion, there's room for going forward.
0: Well, we don't have the writer here, uh, Jennifer Fawcett, but I wonder, because you probably have worked closely to her, this idea of the perspective of the, the people who have been affected, the families of of the victims it's it's very interesting and do you know if Jennifer where Jennifer came up with this idea? Do you know if she had a, anyone close to her going through something like this?
1: Uh, no, I don't know. I believe so. It came from um she there's a video actually which you can find on our apples and winter page on our website where she talks about the genesis of the play. so you could have a look at that and it's in you can then quote from her words because that's out there but she talked about the rituals around food i think there was a drama company look they were looking for rituals around food and she had this thought what if a, a ritual around food was also part of a darker ritual mm-hmm. i think if i'm i'm not i'm paraphrasing it's not exactly what she said but so then that's how she came up with this idea. And I I think she was pregnant at the time with her mm. first child. So if you watch that video, you're, you're, she explains very well where that
2: came from. But mm. Yeah, she talks about food, preparing food for somebody is such a loving act. It's love and, in action, and basically. And nourishment. And, and, yeah, and nourishing and, and sharing. Nourishing and, and what if that gets turned on its head? And in doing so, you are taking part in another ritual, which is execution which is something horrendous, and the antithesis of love and nurturing. Yeah, wow. She won the Smith Prize for political theatre with this play. That is wonderful.
0: October 10th, it's the International End the Death Penalty Day. If you could share some thoughts about the death penalty if you ever considered, you know, what alternatives there can be to the death penalty, especially since doing this play, if there's any insights that you have that you'd like to share?
1: Well, I'm happy to speak. I mean, I don't know that we have any, or I don't have any insights other than, I mean, what we do as theatre is to open this up. And I, of course, I have my own personal beliefs, but this is, this is more about, Posing a question to the collective and the responsibility of the collective. And I think that a lot of uh, what Lynchpin Theatre has done and what would be interesting, I think, to us is, is about compassion, sharing, raising awareness, understanding around these issues rather than that we would say, be political about it and say either or but you know for me it's about restorative justice and i think if we were to if we were to explore in the way that we can do safely in theatre but generally restorative justice and that knowing that what leads to these desperate acts what is society how and why has society failed these people that are so broken that they they get to this point in the first place and if you look at it from a trauma informed sort of view which is all about really for us that our role in raising awareness of trauma informed violence or addiction or whatever it is is um is this is finding the compassion restorative justice and healing through that route through sharing these stories
0: i'm sure you'll have a lot of feedback now in your run at the playground theater but through the the readings that you've done already. Did you have anyone related to the justice system who have come to see and have given you any any feedback?
2: Yes, I. You may be thinking of, of something different, so chip mm-hmm. in. But I'm thinking of um, several people who work in prison and said that the the play captures the inhumanity and the unnaturalness of that of prison as an as an institution as a place to be personal responses so one person who saw it has very dear friends whose son is an addict and so for him that was what spoke to him about the the play you know so we yeah. all bring as an audience always whatever kind of art we're responding to we bring our own lived experience with us, and it will touch us in those places. Mm-hmm. So different places for each person, potentially.
1: I think when um, Edie first asked me to direct, I had to take a little moment after I'd read it to 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 see whether I would personally be triggered, in which case I didn't want to put myself through it because I have uh, two sons. They've grown up now. One of them was a difficult teenager. And <laughs> and I I did really have to check whether I would personally be triggered before I took it on but actually it's it feels like such an amazing project to share Mm -hmm. and it's something about it is uplifting in the in Miriam's journey and the fact that we do need to have more compassion and and that if I have those feelings that I couldn't even face about my sons but we can safely face then I think that's a really really beneficial thing to do And to be able, a gift to be
2: able to give in a way. The other thing that's been hugely encouraging is the response we've had from people that we've contacted who work in criminal justice. They don't know us. They've never heard of the play. But their response has been immediate to say, yes, we'll come and take part in a post-show discussion yeah. because it seems so important yeah. and relevant so they are giving up their time they're traveling from all different parts of the UK to come and and yeah. be with us and on October the 10th we have Paul Bridges from Amnesty who five years ago set up the Amnesty the UK against the death penalty kind of um section I'm, area yeah <laughs> and then human rights artist Ricky Romaine. Romaine who is going to be with us that night as well and has worked with Amnesty previously and beautiful, beautiful, very searing artwork, a lot about containment and refugees and political conflict. Yes. And the arts. Yeah. So
1: uh, there's so many different angles with all of Mm. these different people that are coming. There's like two a night apart from the first night. And I think by the end of it, we'll have heard so many different angles. And that's the point is to open a space where everybody can contribute. And I don't know that there are solutions or answers, but you're certainly closer if you can at least open that space.
2: And start to see those that we have othered for so long. And there's so much division in the world right Mm -hmm. now and othering to see realize we're not that separate we're not different yeah the more we We can break down
1: them and us yes the more that's broken down the better the collective the better the health of the collective so that's you know
0: that's linchpin in it yeah (laughs) (laughs) and this concludes our podcast for today thank you so much claire and edie for talking to me about this powerful production we wish you every success and courage Apples in Winter runs at the Playground Theatre, Latimer Road, West London. From the 5th to the 15th of October, tickets are available at the website theplaygroundtheatre.london. For more information on ending the death penalty, check out the links on our description. And for more insight about the way the justice system affects women, please check out our website theviewmag.org.uk and our social media accounts on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also subscribe to our quarterly digital magazine for just £20. Thank you for listening.